Welcome to another episode of Canton Bound, the NFL half of the Campus to Canton podcast. As always, I'm Colin. And this is Matt. And you'll notice that is not Austin. Uh, Austin had an emergency meeting off of the Amalfi Coast. Uh, He's going to have to upgrade that yacht insurance. But fortunately, I have Matt here to join me. Matt, always willing to hop on. We're the better looking guys here. So it's, you know, it's, it's, we're much easier on the eyes. You know, I imagine it's Austin may not listen to you much. And I think that's just because, you know, he's jealous of your good looks. So, and he's not going to listen to this. So it doesn't matter. Like we're good. We can knock him a little bit. Yeah. Well, see, that's the one thing I'm, I'm a little worried about is Austin does listen to our stuff, but he also doesn't care about Canton Bound. So it's like a, it's 50 50, I think, whether he actually listens to this one. I, I will put, well, there's not really, you can't really put an over under on it, but I, I would bet that uh, if he does listen to this, we won't hear about this for like two weeks. It'll just be like yeah. he's sitting bored in his office one day. He's like, oh, you know what? I missed that can down episode with Matt and Colin. I'll go back and listen to it. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, I'm going to put it at sub 50% that he listens to this. That's, that's fair. That's fair. Um, but I appreciate you hopping on. Appreciate you joining me here. Uh, we got the, uh, the fourth fourth of july coming up any big plans no i mean i just had my my brother's wedding if anybody follows right. me on twitter i was posting all that stuff it's i feel like i've done something every single weekend slash week so far this summer so now i'm looking forward to just a nice long three-day weekend just sit down right stranger things actually i take that back i will mm, be diving yes. heavily into stranger things volume two tomorrow i'm heavily invested i'm i'm fully ready to just cry like a little girl tomorrow because i feel like someone important is oh, gonna die so. don't don't say steve if steve dies uh, hey, i'm gonna be so sad i'm right there with you i will let's see it's a great thing it's funny because and i know probably people don't care about this but i'm gonna tell it anyways like i had no interest in this show whatsoever my wife loved it like she watched like the first two seasons when it first came out and like loved it kept telling me i needed to watch it's like nah, no 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 and then finally some other people convinced me to watch it recently because i was kind of like you know what after the debbie god was done i was like i'm taking some time off from any content creation i'm gonna work on the 2023 freshman ranks is like and i'm just gonna kind of sit back and relax it's like you know what i'll just watch it and i binged through all four seasons in like two weeks i was like no no this is this is amazing (laughs) and so like i don't want to ruin anything if you haven't watched season four so i'll just say the scene with max like i was on the edge Mm. of my seat like fully like tears welling i was like this is not gonna happen and like so yeah i'm with you like i'm fully expecting tomorrow like i've got obviously i've got to do the round table tomorrow night and then after that it's i'm getting some food and then i'm sitting down and blocking out the rest of my night because i think both they said the last two episodes it's going to take like four hours to get through the yeah. two episodes so like i'm fully invested to just be like crying the entire two hours of the last episode i feel like bad stuff's gonna happen Man, yeah, like I said, if, if Steve if Steve dies, I'll be I'll be upset. And I mean, this isn't a spoiler or anything. There's nothing that has happened if you haven't seen season four, volume one. There's nothing that's happened that le- leads you to believe that his life is in danger, other than you just kind of get a vibe that not everybody is going to make it out. Yeah, well, I mean, if if you look at what they've done, and I feel like we're turning this into now, it's like can become a Stranger Things podcast. It's like, <laughs> who cares about the NFL? Uh, if you look at what they've done, uh, someone's died at the end of every single season, either yeah. in the, la- the 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 second to last episode or the last episode, and they're setting it up. I mean, we know that there's only going to be one more season, right? So they're setting yeah. it up, and and a lot of the characters have mentioned it, like. There's going to be a traitor amongst them, which I know a lot of people believe it's – I don't want to, like, ruin anything. So, like, yeah. I know who I think it is, and there's a lot of rumors about who it is. So they're All the rumors are someone major is going to die. So, like, we'll find out. I have to avoid Twitter all day tomorrow because I'm sure someone's going to post it. I think it releases in a couple hours at this point. So it drops at midnight. So, like, I've got to avoid Twitter because I don't want to know who it is. And then, yeah, I'm just – I'm fully prepared to to – like have my full just July 4th weekend ruined by, by whatever <laughs> happens tomorrow night. Just, uh, you just go get a tub of uh cherry Garcia and just eat your feelings away. It's chocolate chip for me. I've already got a, a full two, okay. two, two gallon tub with whipped cream and I'm just ready to just, my wife's going to come home and stare at me. I'm like, don't judge me. It's going <laughs> to be bad. It's going to be bad. I already know. Yeah. I'm not a cherry Garcia guy either. I just, that's just, that's kind of like a go-to for other people. I know yeah. I'm, uh, 
So I don't know. You probably don't get that out your way. It's I think it's a local thing. Turkey Hill. I don't. You've heard of Turkey Hill? I have heard of okay. it. I don't think okay. I've ever tried it. I'm interestingly enough. I'm very much like you when it comes to eating. I'm a very picky, picky eater. Like I, I joke all the time. I had never even tried Panda Express until about nine years ago when my wife made me go eat there with her. And I was like, oh, wow, this is actually kind of good. And so, like, now I'll eat Chinese food. Like, I, I am very much a meat and potatoes guy. I don't eat greens. So, like, when, when Austin makes fun of you, I just sit there and I'm just like, that's that's me. Like, I, like I literally made – I kid you not, my wife was making fun of me because yesterday I made chicken nuggets and fries, and then I ate chicken and, like, mashed potatoes. like dipping my chicken nuggets in mashed potatoes. Like, that's what I oh, ate Oh, that's for so dinner. good. I know. And she was like, what is wrong with you? I'm like, what do you mean? Like, what's wrong with you? So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm very much that way too. I'm, I'm getting a little bit better, but that's mostly from, from Becca uh, forcing me to, but the Turkey Hill is um, they do like iced tea and, but then they also do um, ice cream. Yeah. And my favorite ice cream is it's called double dunker. So it's like a mocha ice cream with Oreo cookies and cookie dough in it. So good. That sounds good. I, I don't know that they have, I don't think I've ever seen it here. So like, maybe I'll have mm. to try that. I don't know if it's like a, a Northern thing. I mean, obviously I'll be there in a, in a couple months now at this point. Yeah. So like I can, I can try and find some and, you know, st- go sit in the hotel, find a reason to get sad and then just <laughs> eat a bunch of the ice cream. Uh, all right. Well, we, uh, we'll get into the show here. We, we, we talked uh, a little bit at the beginning here about a little of everything, but before we dive in, uh, the CFF guide is available for pre-order now at the site. Uh, it's going to release on July 4th, but if you go in, you order it now for 20 bucks, uh, you'll get it in your inbox at midnight on July 4th. Um, this thing is chock full of great info. There's a team write-up on every single team in the FBS, and that includes depth charts all the way down to the offensive line, major changes, you know, and then it's, we're going to be looking at some of the key players on the, each team, too. There's over 100 player write-ups. Uh, and then Nate Marquise is dropping his top 50 impact freshmen as well. This is also going to have ranks. It, this is this is going to be the most comprehensive CFF guide out there. You're not going to want to miss this. Even if you don't play CFF, if you're just playing C2C, this is going to help you on that side. Even if you're just playing Debbie, this is still going to help you. Yeah, this is still going to give you an idea of what to expect production-wise. Um, and like I said, there's a top 100 write-ups. So you're going to want to get this thing. Releases on July 4th. Don't miss that. Uh, we also have the Freshman and Supplemental Guide and the Devi Guide. Both of those are still available. Uh, 20 bucks at the site uh, if you haven't purchased those yet. If you want all three, NIL Yearly Member. $79.99 a year. You're getting three guides for $60 value. You're getting all the rest of our stuff uh, for $19.99. You can't beat that deal. Yeah, it's the best way to go. I mean, you get personal access to us as well. We've we've already yes. had multiple meetings with our NIL members. You get to hear, like, I'll, I'll drop, I get insider stuff from, from my OSU contacts, a- anything. Like, I'll drop that in the NIL chat so those guys get to see it. Rarely do I put that in. Hope this doesn't offend anybody like our general chat in the discord. <laughs> so like you, you get a lot more with that NIL. And as Colin just mentioned, you get all three of those guys. You're technically playing $19 a year for, for everything else. Like it's, it's such yeah. a great deal. Yeah. Um, but go get the copy of the CFF guide when that drops. Um, this podcast is part of the fantasy points media group, along with a ton of other great pods. Uh, they are bringing on a lot of new other writers as well. You can follow all of them on Twitter at Fantasy Points Live or check out the Friday drops that recap the week in the Fantasy Points media group. Uh, news this week, pretty light again, uh, but we did get some news from uh, from our good buddy Miles Sanders. He's looking out for, for us fantasy drafters out there. He says, don't draft him this year. Uh, it's going to be a little bit more of a committee by the way things sound. Uh, you know, that's just kind of the approach they're taking to the running back position. Um, that actually kind of hurts because, you know, not that I had a lot of Miles Sanders, but I was scooping him up in some places where he was dropping pretty deep, you know, hoping for a bounce back here. But is the is the Miles Sanders dream dead? I think so, at least with Philly. I still think he's a good running back. I mean, I 
and I had him as my RB one in that class. It was him, David Montgomery, Josh Jacobs. <laughs> That's kind of been wrong. Josh Jacobs, as much as I like <laughs> to hate on him, has, has been very productive in the NFL. And Sanders, I think it's more just been his injuries. Like he's been productive when he's on the field. But I mean, even last year, I think what is it? He finishes RB forty four in PPR scoring, just nine point eight uh, points in a- uh, average a game. I mean, Kenneth Gainwell outscored him, but he was lower in average points per game. I just think they want to use Gainwell as a receiving back, and so that is definitely a limit. And you have to think, talk about Jalen Hurts too, right, as much as he yeah. rushes the ball. That hurts Sanders, so I hate to, to see that in here. And I still think he's got a shot to maybe be a decent running back somewhere else, but I feel like the dream is at least dead in Philly. Yeah, I think he's going to be a second contract kind of guy. Um, you know, this year, midway through the year, if he's disappointing again – might not be a bad time to buy low on him. Hope he goes somewhere else that maybe use it a lot, utilizes him a little bit better because I mean, he was never the best runner in between the tackles, but he's a good pass catcher. He's dynamic as an athlete. I mean, he can definitely bring something to the table there. And especially in terms of fantasy value, uh, if he ends up in the right situation. So I'm with you dream, not dead, but probably in Philly. It's on life support to say the it's- least. It's Steve right now, and we're just we're just hoping for the best right now, just to take it back to Stranger Things. Just, it, we we're fingers crossed. We're yeah. hoping. We're, we're hoping he makes right it through now. to the next season. Yeah. We'll figure it out from there. Um, other bit of news this week: uh, Terry McLaurin signs a three-year extension for up to seventy-three million. I believe it was fifty-three million guaranteed, um, locking him in with the Washington Commanders. There. Um, you know, they just brought in um, Jahan Dotson in the first round this year. They drafted Diami Brown last year. So, you know, they had a couple other options there, but nobody as good as Terry McLaurin. So it's good to see him get locked up here. Uh, is this kind of solidifying your ranking for him at all, or is this just kind of status quo? Nothing to see here. I mean, it's definitely good that they locked him up. There was obviously a lot of worry that he may – I shouldn't say worry. There was a lot of talks that he may end up getting traded. Um, there were rumors that he might go to to Green Bay, which I actually don't think would have been a bad thing for him per se, just yeah. because obviously him paired with Aaron Rodgers, we saw how how much he boosted up Devontae Adams. Not that McCorn is in that that category, but you know it's a good thing for him. I think we tend to overvalue him a little bit. I mean, I was trying to to pull mine up. I probably have him a little inflated just based on name. I have met wide receiver 14. I mean, he's never finished with the wide 14 wide receiver ranking. Like he's, he's typically been in the bottom half of the wide receiver twos. We kind of vault him up because he's been the only guy on Washington. Uh, but I do think it's a good thing for him to be locked up. We know where he's going to be in the future. You know, Carson Wentz was actually not as bad as we give him credit for last year. I believe he was a top 15 quarterback in, in super flex. Um, or so he's a high in QB two did decent in fantasy points and, and he supported Michael Pittman. And in my opinion, Terry McLaurin and Michael Pittman are very close when it comes to game and, and similar. So what he could possibly do for McLaurin's good this year. Yeah, I think it's, it's a good point with McLaurin. We kind of prop him up a little bit higher than maybe he should be. And I think some of that is, like you said, he's the only guy in Washington. I think some of that also is he's really one of the only like, late declare non non breakout players to actually do anything in the NFL. So people are a little bit more aware of him and they kind of hold his accomplishments in a little bit higher regard because he is an outlier um, statistically. I mean, I, I'm not that far behind you though. I have him as my wide receiver 17. You know, I think he's still a very good wide receiver too. You said Carson Wentz as a, from a fantasy perspective is a fi- is a fine quarterback. He can support some fantasy options, you know. As a real life quarterback, leave something to be desired. He gets hurt too, so you know we'll see how if he can make it through a full season. But if he doesn't, I'm a big Sam Howell guy. I think you like Sam Howell as well, so I don't think it's that big of a drop off for McLaurin if they have to turn to a backup quarterback too. So I think there's a little bit of security with McLaurin as well. Yeah, I mean, I definitely like um, how I did not expect him to to be drafted as late as he did. I thought he was, at worst, going to be like a second-round pick. Um, and let's also be honest. I mean, if Carson Wentz does fall flat on his face and Washington's bad, they'll be in the sweepstakes to get a quarterback this year then. If they end up with, say, like, as much as I hate this for, for how, because I do think he's a good quarterback, 
But if they end up with a top five pick or whatever, and they end up with the Stroud or Bryce Young, like that just bolts McLaurin up even more, right? So like there's only upside now because we know he's going to be in Washington. And at worst, as we mentioned, he's produced at least as a wide receiver too every single year. And he's done that with worse quarterbacks than Carson Wentz. And, and now Wentz is there. Even if he if he's bad, I still think uh, McLaurin will be fine for fantasy production. I think it hurts Dotson more than anybody else because everybody was claiming or calling for him to have this breakout season. I don't know that that happens now that McLaurin is staying. Yeah, I think that just kind of relegates Dotson to being more of an ancillary piece there. You know, I think he'll have some nice weeks. You know, he'll have a week or here there where, you know, he puts up some wide receiver two type numbers. But, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a lower volume passing offense and they're probably really only going to be able to support McLaurin uh, from a consistent fantasy standpoint. Uh, but that's really all we have there for news. Uh, again, pretty light at this time of year, but we we missed last week. Um, Austin and I missed last week. Austin's missing this week again, but we are still going to continue the positional breakdowns for you. We got wide receiver coming this week. Uh, we have Matt on here who actually does have rankings, so we don't have to listen to Austin constantly say, I don't have rankings, but... Um, so we'll move into the wide receivers here. Yeah. Um, some of the wide receiver position has gotten an influx of talent at the very top there recently with, you know, your Jamar Jefferson's, your uh, Jamar, uh, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson's, Jamar Chase's, um, even Jalen Waddles, guys like that, CD Lamb. Um, so there's a, there's a good mix at the top with some youth. And then you got some vets too, your Cooper Cups, Devontae Adams. Um, so at the top there, um, if you just want to rip through, since you actually have some rankings, you know, your top 10, um, see what we got there. Yeah. So my top 10 right now, um, as I'm, I'm honestly moving them a little bit as I go here, because we've gotten some news, like, uh, I'll just be honest, Chris Godwin was in my top 10, but now that the rumors are that he possibly won't start the season, he's dropped a little bit for me. Uh, but my top 10, Jamar Chase is number one, uh, just paired with Burrow. I just, I can't, I can't move him down a phenomenal rookie season i don't see any way that he doesn't continue that at two i still have Devontae adams um i just think he's gonna age well i mean i know in dynasty some people have faded him because he's gonna turn 30 here this year but i think with his game and how good of a route runner he is that his game will age well like i keep saying i think he could be like that larry fitzgerald that continues to be fantasy relevant moving forward i still think he's got at least three years of of prime elite wide receiver production and i i tend to play fantasy especially dynasty in, in three-year windows so for me i'm still fine taking him toward the top because that, that's typically i think been a, a fairly pass heavy offense and i think Carr will target him a lot uh cooper cup there at third again vet what he did last year no chance he falls off even adding an Allen robinson uh there in uh la uh four for me then is justin jefferson i i can understand the argument having him up at two um you know kirk cousins will be there this year my fear is what happens moving forward do they keep cousins do they go to a different quarterback still worry a little bit about that but justin jefferson should be fine five aj brown i actually like the landing spot there in in philly i've uh said to some other people not to make this exact comparison because Jalen Hurts is not Josh Allen, but I feel like AJ Brown could do for that offense what Stefan Diggs did for Josh Allen and, and bring in this elite wide receiver. It's going to help open up things for Devonta Smith, which it did for Cole Beasley at, at the Bills. And it gives Jalen Hurts a big wide receiver that can go up and get the ball in AJ Brown. He doesn't necessarily have to be perfectly accurate now. And it just, I think opens up the offense overall. It gives them someone to worry about. I mean, last year, Devonta Smith almost had a thousand yard receiving year being the only target. Dallas Goddard was hurt. A lot of the season. Zacherts gets traded. They were throwing out guys like Greg Ward and, Quintez seat and it's not Quintez seat. Was it Quintez Cephas? Yeah. Quint no, Quez he was Watkins. The one Quez Watkins. Quez Watkins. Yeah. Yeah. Throwing out guys like Quez Watkins. I mean, those guys are just, they're, they're filler guys. They're not top end players that the defenses need to worry about. And Devonta Smith still went out there and had that season. So I think AJ Brown's going to be phenomenal there for Philly. Stefan Diggs there in Buffalo at six. Uh, I still got DK Metcalf at seven, whether it's Drew Locke, Geno Smith or Baker Mayfield. I think what DK can do after he gets the ball in his hands is going to make him good there. And I think he's the alpha eight Tyree kill. I have my concerns about him going to Miami, but as I just mentioned with DK, once the ball is in his hands, I mean, he can make you, he can make your fantasy day with one play. So I think he deserves to still be in the top 10 nine for me, CD lamb with the Mark Cooper moving on. He becomes a top target for Dak, uh, 
I mean, Dak's just been phenomenal the past couple of years in passing. Uh, and then 10, I've got Deontay Johnson. I just, I think I know, I know Austin was a big Juju fan. It seems to kind of come around now on Deontay. And I know, I don't think he thinks they're going to they're bring him back. I just think he's going to be the focal point of that offense moving forward. He, he's been a really good receiver. I know he struggled with drops at times, but I feel like Mitch Trubisky can hyper-target him just like he was um, at times with Allen Robinson in Chicago when Allen Robinson had those big seasons because uh, I don't think it's going to be Chase Claypool. So I think he could have a good season this year, and if they bring him back, uh, he'll be fine. If not, I think he can fit into almost any offense he goes to. So he, he rounds up my top ten. Yeah, I mean, my, my top ten looks very, very, very similar names different order. Uh, I have Justin Jefferson at one. Uh, I'm not as concerned about, you know, Kirk Cousins moving on. I, I do think there's a good possibility that he moves on, but I think Justin Jefferson is the type of receiver who's pretty much quarterback proof. I think he can be a safety blanket for no matter what quarterback is there. If they bring in a rookie, uh, if they go out and sign a mid tier starter, um, you know, I think he can be a safety blanket type of a guy, but if he has a good quarterback, I also think he's the type of guy that can just elevate an offense completely on his own too. Uh, plus Adam Thielen getting older. Uh, you know, I think he's what 33, I think now. So, you know, his career's, his career's hitting that twilight, but he's still enough of a threat on the opposite side that, you know, it balances out Jefferson a little bit there. So I'm not as worried about Jefferson, but Jamar Chase is my number two. It, hard to argue him being at number one. Um, just a phenomenal player there. C.D. Lamb, I have at number three. I do think that with Amari Cooper out of town, C.D. Lamb has you know just as high of upside as as anybody else on this list. I think they're gonna you know Dallas is gonna pass the ball a good amount. They'll probably dial it back a little bit from what they were doing last year, but the volume is still going to be there. Uh, and he's really the only option there, at least for the first half of the year. Lamb. I'm right there with you with A.J. Brown. I have him at number four. I think he can provide a, a nice spark to that offense, uh, kind of like you, you said with Steph Diggs. Like, I like that, um, not a one-for-one -one player comp, but a situational comp. I liked that. Uh, and then that's where I get into my guys who are a little bit older. Uh, I have my Cooper Cup at five, Devontae Adams, six, Steph Diggs at seven. You know, I play two to three year windows there too. But at the wide receiver position, given like the longevity of some of these careers, I'll, I'll bump a couple of the younger guys up ahead of some of these guys, even though Cooper Cup, definitely a threat to finish as the wide receiver one. I think Devontae Adams also has a threat to finish as the wide receiver one. Steph Diggs should very comfortably be a wide receiver one. Uh, so I like all three of those guys there. And they're not that old either. Like you said, I think Devontae Adams has a couple more years. I think his game is going to age well. I think Cooper Cup's game will age fairly well too. Um, and then rounding out my top 10, I have Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill uh, at eight and nine. I've been really high on Jalen Waddle uh, ever since he was coming out. So I'm a big fan of him. I think he's electric with the ball in his hands. Very similar to Tyreek Hill. I think both of those guys play a very similar role, but I think they both complement Tua in a really nice way where Tua is a good quarterback. Tua is definitely a starting caliber quarterback in the NFL, but he's a little bit more of a distributor. He's a little bit more of your, uh, your John Stockton of a player than your Steph Curry, where he's just going to be lighting the ball up deep, you know? So Tua isn't going to be Pat Mahomes. He isn't going to be Josh Allen, but I think he can very much be on that Drew Brees spectrum where he just distributes the ball. Well, gets the ball in his hands, playmate in the hands of his playmakers and kind of lets Waddle and Hill do their thing. A little bit worried about how they cannibalize each other. Um, but I don't really love the rest of the options on that passing attack. I'm not really that fond of that running game. Their defense is solid, but it's not spectacular. I, I think that this offense is going to be able to support both of them. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I do think there's a real shot of that because if you go look at where he's come from, the San Francisco tree with Kyle Shanahan, mm-hmm. it seems to be George Kittle and one wide receiver. I don't think Mike Gesicki is going to be George Kittle. No. So you, what you're saying is probably true in that I still think that he'll be able to build a decent running game. I think it's why he's brought in so many yeah. running backs. We've seen them interchange those guys. But I think if you're betting on having a – you know, whether it was Brandon Ayuk that one year or Debo Samuel the past couple, like Debo Samuel, George Kittle, if you expect those two guys in that offense, it's probably going to be Waddle and Hill, that they they find ways to scheme the offense around. Yeah, and, and like you said, though, he comes from that the Kyle Shanahan tree, so he's going to be, McDaniel's going to be able to uh, have a running game. It's just, I don't love any of the options on there. So in terms of fantasy options, I think it's Waddle and Hill pretty comfortably above everybody else, at least until we see how the backfield shakes out. Uh, and then number 10 for me, I do have Chris Godwin. I bumped him down a little bit because like you said him not starting the year worries me a little bit. Um, Tom Brady's future worries me a little bit there too, but I think Godwin is um, just a very dynamic player in his own right. He can play a, a lot of different positions, and I think he's kind of along the lines of a Justin Jefferson in that he can be a quarterback's best friend if it's a rookie quarterback or if it's you know a mid-tier type of a starter, or he can really be like a wide receiver one if he has a good quarterback. So I think he's a pretty safe option there. And you know, he's still only 25, so he's still not particularly old. So that yeah, he rounds out my top 10 there. Um talking though about some of the other guys here. So obviously we can't um you know, all have a top 10 wide receiver on a roster. So who are some of the last guys that you're looking at as you're comfortable with as your wide receiver one week in week out? Yeah, I think wide receiver is deeper than it's ever been. And I've, I've, you know, we talked about Jamar Chase, Devonta Adams, Cooper cup, Justin Jefferson. Is that kind of like the top tier for you of like the guys you think could finish as wide receiver one overall, right? Like for me after that, with both of us, it was AJ Brown. I don't see that. So like, no. it, it's kind of, it's those four, right? Outside of that, like I could argue just looking at my rankings, I could argue going 15, six, uh, maybe not Garrett Wilson though. He is in my top 16, 17, almost deep. And guys, I think could end up being wide receiver ones in fantasy just based on injuries or variances in offense. So for me, I would go about that deep. Like I wouldn't love Waddle is my wide receiver 17. So just give you guys like to finish out my top 12. It was Debo at 11. And I I have uh, Michael Pittman Jr. at 12. Uh, Matt Ryan every year in Atlanta has produced a wide receiver one. Now, obviously a lot of that was Julio, but even when Julio was injured, he's always had a wide receiver one for fantasy, including even last year, not having Julio or two years ago was Calvin Ridley. I just think that he's going to do that here. It's a great offensive line. Michael Pittman's an absolute beast. We saw what he did with Carson Wentz. So I've bumped him up there, but going down to Waddle is my 17. Like I wouldn't love having him as my top wide receiver, but again, if he ends up finishing as a high end wide receiver two and like that 13, 14 range, and you're getting him much cheaper than some of these other guys, he's probably about as far down as I'd go before I'm like, okay, like I clearly need to start hitting on um, some, some other guys here like that. That would be as far down as I goes about wide receiver 17. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I think this is wide receivers as deep as it has been in, in years. Um, I'm comfortable going all the way down to, you know, my wide receiver 18. I have Amari Cooper at my wide receiver 18. If he's my wide receiver one, um, I'm assuming the rest of my roster is, is a little bit stronger but if he's my wide receiver one, I'm okay with that. I mean, you know, there we'll see who starts at quarterback for the Browns this year. That's obviously it's not going to be Watson. He's going to end up with some sort of a suspension. It doesn't sound like Baker's going to be in town. Um, and even if he is, they might roll Jacoby Brissett anyway. But Jacoby Brissett is, you know, a top 35 quarterback in the league. So I think he can distribute the ball at least. And Cooper's really the only option left in that passing game. I mean, Donovan Donovan Peoples-Jones is there, but I was never a huge fan of him. And he's more of like an outside guy, kind of just go deep. They have David Njoku, who they just brought back to. I like David Njoku a lot, but he's been a little bit more flash than substance. So I think it's really just Amari Cooper in that offense. So if he's my wide receiver one, I don't hate that. 
Yeah, I, you are much higher on Amari Cooper than I am. <laughs> and I, I will fully admit I've, I've never been a big fan of Amari Cooper. I, I feel like he's a good wide receiver, but he gets overinflated at times. Like his best season has, has been wide receiver 10. Outside of that, he's been a low end, like 21, 14, 36, 19, 15, 16. Like he hasn't been as good as I think people give him credit for. And my biggest fear with Bursette is he's played, he played two full seasons in Indy due to injuries. It was Manning, I think, or no, Manning was already gone. I don't remember who got injured, but he's played two full seasons. Maybe one of them was with Miami, if I'm remembering correctly now. I don't exactly remember. Yeah, he was in both. But the highest wide receiver production he put out was T.Y. Hilton, who was at that time still a very good wide receiver, wide receiver 27. So, like, I feel like that's my fear with Cooper. That's why I've lowered him. Even I still think he should be deserving of, like, a, a wide receiver 2 ranking. But I dropped him just based on that. Like, I don't know that Brissett is able to, to – to, hold up his value as much. And then with Stefanski, I think they're just going to run the ball and try and play defense uh, and just try and do what they can. It's, it's definitely going to be a lost season. Cause I, I don't, I don't see any way Watson even plays this year at this point. So you're likely getting Brissett or heaven help us, Josh Dobbs as, as the quarterback <laughs> at some point. I didn't even know Josh Dobbs was on that roster. I'll be honest. Yeah. He's, he's uh he's QB two now with Watson probably suspended <laughs> for a year so. Yeah, I mean you're the uh, you're the resident Browns expert, so I will definitely defer to you on that one. But I, I do I I mean I fully expect them to run the ball with Nick Chubb. Cream Hunt says he's 100 healthy; he'll mix in, I'm sure. Um, but I still I like Amari Cooper's skill set. You know, he does like you said, he has a tendency to be overinflated, um, but he does also finish. He has a lot of finish career finishes in that back half of the mid mid to back half of the wide receiver two range. Um, and then, you know, in a, from a dynasty perspective, once you pair him with Deshaun Watson, I think he can get right back up into the top end of the wide receiver two back end of the wide receiver one range. Um, but is there, are there any players you see this year making a significant jump um, up into that range where, you know, we're going to be happy with them as a wide receiver one in 2023 and beyond. Ooh, 2023. So I already mentioned Pittman, but I think that probably happens this year. Uh, Devonta Smith's an interesting one for me, uh, just because again, we, j I just talked about, he almost had a thousand yard season as a rookie being the only option there. Like, does AJ Brown come over there and open up the offense, allow him to do that? I think he's a guy who could hit that. I don't know that he does it consistently. Um, you mentioned Jalen Waddle again. I mean, with having Tyreek here, I think you could, you could make the same argument I just made there um, for Devonta Smith, you know, having an elite wide receiver opposite of you, it's going to pull coverage away. They're really the only ones I think can get to wide receiver one status. I mean, the big one for me is, is going to be, a guy for their your your team in Drake London. I mean, he I think phenomenal wide receiver. He he was my wide receiver too coming out behind Garrett Wilson. We've seen an Arthur Smith's offense. If you go back to all his time at Tennessee, they've consistently had a really good high end fantasy producer at the wide receiver position, and he tends to like those big towering guys. You add in a guy like him and and Kyle Pitts, like. I know we did the live draft coverage and you weren't thrilled <laughs> that they drafted Desmond Ritter, but I think having Marcus Mariota and Desmond Ritter hell it, it it doesn't hurt them as much as people think because they don't have to necessarily be perfectly accurate like a Matt Ryan has in the past for the Falcons because those guys' wingspans and just athleticism is out the you know blown out the roof. They can go up and get anything, and I think London's going to be a big red zone threat for them as well. So he's a guy I do think. Because that's the other thing, right? Like, if, if Atlanta's bad, there's a I, Matt Miller, I, do, I believe, just put out a 2023 mock that had them as like the third pick, and they got CJ Stroud. Like, you're talking about CJ Stroud throwing the ball that. to Drake London in the future. <laughs> yeah. Like, look at what he did with Garrett Wilson and Drake London. London's bigger, bigger catch radius. And Garrett Wilson, I think, has got an elite catch radius and, and body control. So, yeah, London's a guy that I'm really high on. He is in my top 24. And he's a guy that I think could really bolt up. Like maybe a guy you wait this year goes out and maybe he struggles early on. And it's all about Kyle Pitts. And then you try and buy on, buy in on him at that point, And then expect 
Atlanta gets a good quarterback in the future. And even if they don't, again, I think if it is Ritter for a couple years or whatever, I still think Ritter can support him. So we saw what he was able to do with Alec Pierce. Like there are times you go and watch that film and Alec Pierce is just going up and getting the ball. Drake London's better than Alec Pierce. So I, I think London's the guy for me. Um, he, like I said, lower in my rankings, I think could really vault up. Uh, I guess Rashad Bateman's kind of a cop-out answer as well. Now being the number one in Baltimore, I just, I don't know that they throw it enough, but I guess I could see him jumping up that high. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I hope Drake London can get to that point. I mean, I think I wasn't the biggest, I wasn't the biggest Drake London fan coming out. I don't love Ritter and Mariota, but if they can get CJ Stroud, I think now, now we're, uh, now it's a different story, you know. Now I think CJ Stroud mixed with uh, Drake London and Kyle Pitts, now we got a little bit of an offense cooking there. So I mean, I, I would love to see it from Drake London. I'm just a little bit more skeptical at this point, but somebody that I do think could make the the jump up into the you know back end of the wide receiver one range uh, is Jerry Judy, and I have been consistently higher on Judy than most people. I was high on him coming out, uh, but I just I really like him paired with Russ. You know, Russ has had perennial top you know, wide receivers in the past, you know, when it was Tyler Lockett and it was DK Metcalf. I think Jerry Judy's extremely talented. And I think Russell Wilson being compared with him is just going to unlock him in a way that Denver really hasn't been able to before. Uh, I have Jerry Judy hanging out at my wide receiver 20 right now, but it really wouldn't surprise me if I have him jump up to wide receiver 15, which is where I have Keenan Allen. You know, if you're telling me Jerry Judy's ahead of Keenan Allen next year, you know, I'm not surprised at all on that. And I know that's, you know, not quite wide receiver one territory, but that's right on the heels. So, I mean, we're, we're in lockstep on Keenan Allen. I'll give you that wide receiver 15 for me as well. <laughs> I, I, um, I'm more on the Cortland Sutton bandwagon here. I think he, he profiles more in the, which is, it's going to be interesting. I feel like there's definitely two camps here with, with the, yeah. with the Denver field. It's like, no, Jerry Judy is going to play the DK Metcalf role. So he should be valued higher than the other half is no, it's Cortland Sutton. I, I like Sutton a little bit more. Um, and, and maybe I let Matt Fox, who does all of our dynasty stuff, kind of skew me because he is a, a Broncos fan, and, and he says that he thinks it's going to be Cortland Sutton. Uh, so I have Jerry Judy, and this is probably an unfair ranking of him. I went to go look. I currently have him at 51. I probably Oof. should – yeah, I probably should move him up a little bit uh, just because we've seen Russ has been able to support two wide receivers. I mean – He's outside of Kirk Cousins. He's been the other quarterback with well, Tom Brady a couple of years ago with Godwin and Evans, but but Russ has been the one who's consistently put two guys in the top twelve to fifteen in Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. So there is a fair argument that could be Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton because that not just that offense is loaded, that entire division is loaded. That they're going to have to pass the ball a lot to keep up with the Chiefs and the future MVP himself, Justin Herbert. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not as high on Cortland Sutton. I just, I didn't like him as much coming out. Um, you know, he's got a, a solid skill set, but I just wasn't a huge fan of his hands, you know, and, and I didn't think he was great in, in terms of route running and stuff. And not that you need to be to work with Russ, because like you said, Russ can, Russ has made two wide receivers in the past, um, you know, two top 15 ish guys. So I definitely think there's room for Cortland Sutton to, have a really, really nice year with Denver and Jerry Judy have a really nice year. I have Cortland Sutton as my wide receiver 29. So not, I'm not low on him, but man, I, I, I really like Russ with, uh, with Denver, man. I thought that was such a great get for them. Yeah. And I know they're going to probably run the ball, but Russ is coming from, you know, run city in Seattle there. So even if the volume isn't quite there, Russ has just always been efficient. And like I said, I think Jerry Judy is going to be the one to benefit the most from it, but I think they both have a nice year. Yeah. I mean, just for you, I moved Jerry Judy up to wide receiver 32, just ahead of okay. Amari Cooper at 33. So yeah, I, I, you know, you're, 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 you're making me adjust my rankings on the fly here. No, I, I do agree with you on that. I mean, Nathaniel Hackett, their, their new coach, I believe is going to kind of be bringing his offense comes from, um, and I just, for the life of me, cannot remember his name. Uh, well, yeah, I was trying to remember the coach because uh, oh. he, he's a good-looking dude, and I can't remember his name. LaFleur, I know, is the last yeah. name because it always makes me think of uh, Dodgeball. 
Um, yeah, Matt LaFleur. There we go. Um, cause I always make, how did you LaFour. forget your own first name? <laughs> you know, cause I, <laughs> he's a better looking dude than me. And that intimidates me a little bit. Like mm-hmm. I thought I was one of the best looking Matt. So you got Matt McConaughey. I'm probably <laughs> forgetting some other guys. So, but anyways, that's besides the point. Uh, I do think they bring that. We saw how much Aaron Rodgers passed the ball, even though the running game was a big part about that. I, I do think we're going to see, as you mentioned, like a, a lot of passing. I think they're going to let Russ quote unquote cook there in Denver. So both those guys could be very good. Yeah, I like I do like both of those guys, but I've been on Jerry Judy for a while there. But, you know, we'll move into the wide receiver two here. And I think wide receiver two. You know, we talked about wide receiver being a really deep position. I think wide receiver two is extremely deep. I think you can find somebody who's going to be, you know, obviously there can only be 12 wide receiver twos just mathematically here. You know, I know neither of us are huge math guys, but I think we can both figure that one out. But there's still a lot of guys here that I would be comfortable with being my wide receiver two here. Um, So how deep does your you know, wide receiver two air quotes go and, you know, who are a couple of the guys towards the back end that you're still comfortable being your wide receiver two. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned not big math guys here. I have a marking on my sheet that 24 is the end <laughs> just because I, I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sure what 12 plus 12 is uh, looking at my rankings. I mean, I, I'm, I'm a little bit lower on Elijah Moore, I think, than most, because I, I do think Garrett Wilson's going to be the guy there. I just mentioned Jerry Judy, who I do think could be. I have him at 32. Gabriel Davis, I have at 34. I probably go down to, it feels weird saying this, but almost wide receiver 40, who's Chris Olave for me. Like, I would not be surprised if he ends up being the best wide receiver in New Orleans this year with, with so much up in the air with Michael Thomas. I mean, God, I mean, obviously, you're, you're, that's a lot of projection there. You, again, you can only have 12, and that ends at 24. And I'm saying you could possibly always go down all the way down to 40. But I just, again, I think it speaks to the depth of this position. And, and a lot of it, we talk about this with tight ends on the round table all the time. Like, outside the top elite guys, like, if you go look at the list after, like, tight ends 8 through 30, the separation between them is typically anywhere from, like, 7 to 15 points kind of thing. Like, it's not a massive gap. And I feel like that's going to be the same thing here. Uh, I was going to try and and pull this up really quick. So, I mean, just going and looking at at wide receivers here. I mean, wide receiver 24 last year was T. Higgins. You go down to wide receiver 40, who was K.J. Osborne. And the difference is it's it's literally about 40 points. It's 2.3 points a game. So, like, that is a touchdown here or there that, that kind of changes things. So for me, if you wanted me to go a little bit higher it'd probably be right around that 32 to 33 mark where Jerry Judy and Amari Cooper, because again, Cooper will be the one in that offense. So if you wanted to make the argument, Brissett's going to support someone, it's going to be Cooper. So if, if I had to be more impartial, it'd probably be 32, 33, but I do think like you could make the argument down to like wide receiver 40. Yeah, I mean, my wide receiver 40, I could very easily see being a uh, a wide receiver two as well. My wide receiver 40 is Sky Moore. Uh, I am on the Jerry, uh, the um, Juju Smith-Schuster train on there. But I do think Sky Moore could very easily be a wide receiver two, and that's my wide receiver 40. But the last guy that I'm, I'm looking at on my list here, and I'm comfortable saying this is my week-in, week-out wide receiver two, uh, would be Darnell Mooney at wide receiver 32 for me. Uh, I think, you know, I, I know you're a big Justin Fields guy based on that jersey hanging in your background. I, I liked Justin Fields a lot as well coming out. You know, I think he can definitely support a wide receiver, uh, a fantasy-relevant wide receiver, and Darnell Mooney is really the only guy left in town. You know, Allen Robinson's out of town. They brought in Velas Jones, who I was not a huge fan of there. Um so it's really it's really Mooney and nobody. Uh, so I think that Mooney just sheer volume could be a wide receiver too that you're fine starting week in and week out and tied to a young quarterback for a while. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I have him as wide receiver 30, and I have Sky Moore at wide receiver 41. So we're we're pretty lockstep there. <laughs> uh, I, I I like both those calls. Mooney, I'm with you. I mean, I I, I think he could be easily. You don't want to compare offenses. Ohio State, obviously, different than what we've seen in Chicago. But I could see him doing like what Chris Olave was able to do for Ohio State's offense and be that kind of field stretcher. And we know, you know, at least in my opinion, you can call me a homer if you want. 
he's got one of the more beautiful deep ball throws and extremely accurate as well. So if Mooney gets open, he, I believe he was the number one wide receiver last year in missed air yards because of how bad Mitch Trubisky, not Mitch Trubisky, um, Dalton. Uh, Dalton was. No, maybe it was two years ago then with Mitch Trubisky because it wasn't last year. It was when he had Mitch Trubisky. So two years ago, I believe when he was a rookie then, he, he was open all the time, and Mitch Trubisky just kept missing him. And I feel like Justin Fields is not going to do that, getting a year in the offense. So I do I like that call a lot. Yeah, and then, you know, my I have one guy, one spot behind him, Brandon Cooks. I could see Brandon Cooks being a wide receiver too as well. So, you know, my wide receiver 33 is about as far down as that goes. But, again, Brandon Cooks, only guy really in that offense. He's perennially a wide receiver too. Davis Mills – um, you know, I don't know how long he is for having a starting role, but it's going to be at least this year, probably going to be at least next year as well. Uh, I think he is, you know, if Jacoby Brissett is a top 35 quarterback in the league, Davis Mills is a top 32, you know. So I, I think he is a starting caliber quarterback, at least in the back end. You know, he's probably one that you're going to want to replace sooner rather than later, but he can hold down the fort for a while. So there's at least some stability there in the quarterback position. Um, I, I like Brandon Cooks there as, as another option. Um, but there are there any stashes here that you have moving forward that, again, you know, a guy you think could make a significant jump, you know, obviously not all the way up into the wide receiver one range, but a jump up into that wide receiver two cluster that we have is so deep. Yeah, there's a couple guys here. I mean, I, I was um, a little bit bigger on Alec Pierce than most. He's a guy there now in Indy with Matt Ryan, uh, showed the athleticism, could be a field stretcher for them, obviously pretty big as well. So I think he's an interesting pairing across from Michael Pittman. He's a guy I think you can get really late um, that I'd be willing to stash for now and see what happens. Uh, you've got, um, I, I'm sure if Austin ever listens to this, he may disagree with me, but Calvin Austin, the third, I mean, I, I don't like to be, you know, positive about the Pittsburgh Steelers, but they know how to develop wide receivers, uh, when they draft these guys. And I know he's a little bit on the smaller side, but if you go watch him play, he's explosive. He's an extremely good route runner. All the talk was that he was one of the best wide receivers at the senior bowl this year. Um, and he's taken punishment too. It's not like if you go watch his, his film at Memphis that he just dodges every tackle and then slides. Like he's taken some big hits and gotten up. Now I understand that there's like grown, grown men here. And, 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 and especially in the AFC North where they literally want to like knock you out when they play defense. <laughs> but I think he's going to be fairly good for them, especially if they continue developing. As I mentioned with Deontay, or like if they don't pay him and then Chase Claypool leaves, like there's a chance that he takes over a starting receiver role here in the near future. Outside of those guys, I mean, I mean, I I, I can't give I can't quit Paris Campbell. I don't know why. I just <laughs> I, I can't do it. But I, I don't want to be that I guess invested in the in the indie offenses. I don't know that Matt Ryan supports three wide receivers. I mean, I don't know that you could call Alan Lazard a stash anymore. He's probably going up there. Um, Terrace Marshall and Rashard Higgins are are interesting ones for me at Carolina. Obviously, there's a lot of rumors that Baker may go there. If, you, if you've ever, probably haven't, but if you ever did watch a Browns game, Baker and <laughs> Richard had like really good chemistry. And for whatever reason, the Browns coaching staff just did not want Richard Higgins on the field. He's in Carolina now. I think him and Terrace Marshall probably competing for that third role. There are a lot of people who like Terrace Marshall. I didn't, but I kind of feel like if DJ Moore is going to be covered, Baker's not going to feed him as much as people think. So it's probably going to a Robbie Anderson or a Terrace Marshall player. Uh, I would be kind of willing to take a bet on either one of them because they just go so late. Uh, but if it stashes, it's probably more just Alec Pierce and Calvin Austin, the third. I just, uh, I don't love any of the other rookies in the landing spots outside of those guys like Wandell and, and, and any of those guys. Well, I was about to say, yeah, I agree with you on Calvin Austin, the third, that was another guy I was looking at. And then you just literally name drop the next guy that I was going to mention as somebody you don't like. And that's Juan Dale. Um, I, you know, I, the Giants wide receiver room is just a mosh pit of meh. You know, you got Kenny Galladay that they brought in. You know, he struggled last year, struggled to stay healthy. He struggles. To, I feel like he struggles to stay motivated at times. 
you know, there were times in Detroit where he didn't always look that motivated. You know, he flashes and then he just absolutely disappears. You know, uh, they have Kadarius Tony, everybody's favorite joke uh, that they took in the first round last year. I think Wandale is just a better version of Kadarius Tony, to be honest. So I think Kadarius Tony could be, you know, pretty irrelevant just for the drafting of Wandale this year. They have Sterling Shepard, another guy that can't really stay healthy. They have Darius Slayton. He's been okay at times. But like I said, it's just a lot of meh. I like Wandale. I think he can be a, a, an electric part of this offense. And, you know, Daniel Jones is there this year. Daniel Jones, I think, is the type of guy who can support a wide receiver. He's not. He's kind of along the, Car- the Carson Wentz line where he can support somebody for fantasy. But how you know good is he of a real life quarterback? You know how long is his leash? The Giants did not pick up his option. They are probably going to be a bottom five team in the league this year. They may be looking at a quarterback early, and if they can get a quarterback early, if they can get a Bryce Young or a CJ Stroud, then you know I like Wandale a lot for year two. You know he would he would be my favorite of the weapons there, and Young and Stroud I think are the type of guys that can actually support a wide receiver in the long term. So Wandale would be another guy that I think could make a jump. Yeah. I mean, if you wanted to bet on Wandale, it would be what, what's the head coach. I, f- I forgot what his name is. He, uh, Dayball, Dabble, Dayball, Dayball. Yeah. Usually Dayball. you say, usually you go the other way. I was hoping you would get, you actually said it right this time. <laughs> okay. I love, cause I, I love listening to, <laughs> I listen to all of our content and I love it. Cause you always, with Brian Dabble and I'm like, no, it's Dayball calling it's Dayball. But in fairness, you always correct me on like the Penn state players that I can never, yeah. well, decide, hey, you've, so. you've corrected me enough times that it must've stuck that I got it right. This sort of got it right this time but yeah i mean I if, you look at, if you look at what he did in buffalo uh, i mean he, he i mean cole beasley's a guy i don't think anybody expected to really do anything and it was very productive for fantasy football for multiple years there obviously he was compared with josh allen we're not trying to say daniel jones is josh allen but i do think dayball can be that kind of offensive coordinator to scheme ways to get a weapon like wandale the ball so it's a it is a fair player i just i worry a little bit about his size and then you know just maybe I'm letting the Matt Miller mock affect me too much, but like that he had the giants taking Tyler Van Dyke. I'm not really a big fan mm. of either. Mm. So like, I, I just, you know, it's kind of one of those things like, yeah, I'm, I'm just kind of, I'm out on the giants altogether. Now at this point, I just feel like they're a team I'm avoiding. I like what they were doing this off season. You know, they didn't renew Daniel Jones. They're kind of like, all right, let's cut bait there. They brought in Dayball. Um, who was the GM that they brought in? Was it Andrew Barry? I can't no, Barry's um um Barry's the Browns GM, isn't he? I'm gonna say that now. I'm gonna be wrong. The, whoever they brought in, he has a connection to Dayball. That was that was yeah. why they brought him in, but I can't remember what his name is now. I can't I'm remember who, looking up. But it was somebody that it was somebody that I liked, you know, somebody that's not Dave Gettleman. So there you go. Yeah. Um but they, Joe, they they loaded up on the O-line. Joe Scone? I don't know how to say his last name. I'm probably butchering that, so you can come correct me at some point. <laughs> C-S-C-H-O-E-N. Schoen? Schoen? I don't know. Well, either way, somebody, uh, you know, not Dave Gettleman. And like I said, you know, I liked their draft this year. They went in on the offensive line. They got some defensive pieces. It seems like they're really trying to build this team. So I'm not out on the Giants, um, but, you know, uh, I'm not necessarily in yet. But I do think Wandale can be a good uh, – a good fantasy option moving forward. Somebody will have to be. Um, but we'll bring it in. We'll close it up with tight ends here just because we'll do a quick hitters on these. There's not a lot to talk about on tight ends. You know, you got the top tier of guys. You got your Kyle Pitts, Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Mark Andrews, TJ Hawkinson in some sort of compa- uh, you know order in that top five. And then you got a couple other guys after that that you're, you know, intrigued with, you're okay about. And then after that, it's just a lot of meh at the position here. So, you know, we have those top guys, but who out of the best of the rest, you know, how many of these guys are you comfortable with as your tight end one? I mean, honestly, no one. Um, uh, well, well, I guess tight end one, you know, we're obviously not big math guys, but that is technically two twelve. <laughs> yes. So I guess I would go probably down to 16, 17, which for me are Robert Tanyan. Obviously, we don't know if he'll start the season healthy. 
had their pretty late ACL tear, but being paired with Aaron Rodgers, you lose Devontae Adams. We saw how productive Tanyan was with Rodgers when Adams was there. Now Adams gone. I think he could be productive. And I'm not really out on Evan Ingram. I think Jacksonville could be a much improved team. I mean, I, Trevor Lawrence, I, I think, was a little bit overhyped at times, but he's still a very good quarterback and a good quarterback prospect. And we've seen what Doug Peterson has done with tight ends everywhere he's been in the NFL. If Evan Ingram can stay healthy, if you go back to that rookie season he had with the Giants, when he was hyper-targeted and got the volume, dude was an absolute stud. And I think that can't happen here in Jacksonville. So he'd be probably about as far down as I'd go, because after him, it's it's Hooper, uh, Hayden Hurst, who I actually do like Hurst, but I, you know he, he's a little bit lower for me. Uh, so I'd probably go that, that low. Evan Ingram, Tanyan range that I would feel comfortable could finish as an RB1. I'm sorry, RB1, tight end one. <laughs> I mean, I, I love that you brought up Evan Ingram too. I, I have him as my tight end 11, you know, so I'm comfortable with him as a tight end one for, for all the reasons you said, like, I think he is a screaming buy right now. You know, I've, I've been getting him very late in startups, you know, like rounds, we're talking like round 19, 20, 21, somewhere in that range. So you can get him very late. And I think he's going to have a very productive year as long as he's healthy. That's the big if there. Um, but as far as tight ends going down that I would feel comfortable with is my tight end one. It, like it kind of goes into that, you know, 16 ish range for me as well, which is that's right where I have Austin Hooper, uh, David and Joku, Dawson Knox. I have those guys right there in that range. You know, I wouldn't love any of them starting, but I think they can put up some decent numbers there. Austin Hooper, I think is a guy who's kind of going under the radar as well. You know, Tennessee, he moves over to Tennessee and they just got rid of AJ Brown. So you don't really have an established option in that offense. You know, we we feel good about Burks. We think Burks is going to step in and be the AJ Brown light, at least early on in his career. So I think that's a pretty safe bet on that front. But then after that, they have Robert Woods, who's coming back from an ACL. They don't really have anybody else. And while they're not really a pass-heavy team, they can support a, a fantasy-relevant tight end, and they have for years. You know, they didn't last year. Um but even Anthony Ferkser last year or the, in the year before that was a guy that you could spot start. So I think Austin Hooper's significantly better than Ferkser. I think he can be the wide, uh, the second option in that passing attack, at least until Robert Woods comes back. Yeah, and I mean, in fairness, um, now that I'm looking at my rankings, uh, just, just full transparency, I clearly have not uh, updated them in a while because I still have <laughs> Dalton Schultz at tight end 39. So I'm currently in the midst of updating my tight end ranks. But yeah, uh, you know, Hooper, that, that probably is a good call. I mean, you know, you saw it happen in Atlanta yeah. when he was hyper-targeted. You know, Burks is clearly not having a great start to his rookie minicamps with all the issues. Rumors that he's out of shape. He's dealing with the asthma. As you mentioned, Robert Woods, will he be back and fully healthy at the start of the season? So there's a realistic shot that Ryan Tannehill may be passing just to Austin Hooper to start the season. Yeah. Um, but that's really about all we got here for the tight end position. Um, that's going to do it for us here tonight. I appreciate you hopping on. It was very last minute. Um, but I think this was a much better show than we've had with Austin. It always is. It always is. It is. It really is. And, you know, like you said, this is, uh, the, uh, this should have been a video format because of, you know, both of us on here. We don't have to worry about Austin, but. It, I don't think the people are ready for this. It's just, it's just there's too it's much handsomeness on the screen. I think the people aren't ready. For, that's, that's why we had to kick you off Debbie debate the other day. It's like, there's yeah. too much, you know, people are getting a little <laughs> bit. I can see Felix was getting a tad bit jealous. He's like, what the hell is going on? So yeah, he's used to being the second best looking dude on that show. Yeah. You 100%. Know. <laughs> um, but I appreciate you hopping on here. Um, you know, be everybody listening, be sure to be rate and review the show. Spotify has the rating review system now. Um, Apple Podcasts, which is where most of you guys listen, drop us a five-star review. We will be back with Cooking with Colin next week. If you want me to cook something, put a recipe in there. I'll make that if it's in the five-star uh, review. Uh, also, check out the other family of pods we have over on the network. We got Chasing the Natty on Mondays, Campus Life on Tuesdays. Uh, I will be off this week because I'll be on vacation, but Austin will be bring, coming back with you. Actually, as I'm saying that, we will not have a cooking with Colin this week. I apologize for lying. Um, we got Debbie Debate dropping. Uh, lots of live show on Wednesdays. 
uh, podcast form comes out late Wednesday night, early Thursday morning. Hero RB show with Noah Hills on Thursday. Um, future freshman is taking a break for the rest of the season here. Uh, and then we have Canton Bounce drops on Fridays as well. Uh, the official is also coming to podcast form. Uh, that dropped on Tuesday this week, but I believe moving forward, that's going to be a Saturday show. Uh, so we're even bringing you stuff on the weekends. Uh, and then keep an eye on the YouTube channel. We have been dropping a ton of recruiting news in there. Uh, and what does it mean, you know, when some of these guys commit? We just dropped a video over there on the uh, news that UCLA and USC are going to be joining the Big Ten. It sounds like Oregon and Washington might not be too far behind. So we'll have a reaction video over there for you as well. So check out, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, but that is going to do it for us here tonight. As always, I'm Colin. And this was Matt. And have a good one.